0: Episode number thirty-two of the Unregulated Podcast with your co-host Tom Pyle of the American Energy Alliance, and I'm Mike McKenna, just a just a plain old orphan trying to make my way in the world, and doing pretty well, by the way, doing yeah, pretty yeah, well. Yeah. This Friday is the feast day of Saint Bernadette. The uh, uh, the Saint our, our church is named after. Oh,
1: really? I was wondering why. you Just yeah. thought
0: I'd share that with you.
1: This coming Friday or last Friday? Tomorrow.
0: Though? Yeah, very nice. Tomorrow. Good. Yeah. So,
1: that's all I got.
0: I, I, had, I had two board I, meetings this morning. I'm a little burnt out. I'm so pretty confident you're that gonna the, have to be that. You're gonna have to drive this train today. I'm pretty guy.
1: confident that the that the um, the feast day of Saint Bernard of Lourdes um, is sufficient for at least one day. I think it covers this. So, all right, let's well, wrap. We're done. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. We're paying no attention at all to anything else. All right.
0: There's, there's stuff going on.
1: Let's, let's get into there's it. There's a couple of three things. I mean, hell, my monthly note this month had 10 pages. so Which I read. I, I want to thank everyone out there who By read the it. way, So that would be Tom and, well, that would be Tom. The, that I read, by the
0: way. And uh, you actually flagged something for me um, yesterday. Uh, there's a little daily email clip called Politico Playbook. Yeah. Which is basically a, a rag sheet for, for it's a, the Beltway. It's a, uh, it's, a,
1: it's a high school newspaper for the high school the that is
0: Washington, yeah. Title of the um, – well, let's – the first line of the uh, email is, it was a F-blank nightmare, quote-unquote. That was the lament of a staffer working for one of the members of the so-called G10 group the group of 10 Republican senators who insist they're itching to negotiate deals with the white house in the span. I'll read a little bit here in the span of a few months. The G10 has gone from the center of politics in Donald Trump's Washington to the policy sidelines in president Joe Biden's while these senators mostly despised Trump. They were the engine of policymaking for his final COVID relief bill and while they mostly respect Biden they have so far been irrelevant to his leg- legislative push despite his inaugural promise of unity <laughs> the article goes on and on and on but the the money quote i think that you wanted uh that that you found somewhat amusing is you would be hard pre-, uh this is in reference to uh going trouncing the G10 back up for the infrastructure bill amen yeah, you would be hard-pressed to find anyone on our side of the aisle that thinks this will end up any differently than the last time. Yeah. Everything they support is defined as either COVID relief or infrastructure, and everything they po- they oppose is like Jim Crow voter suppression and, and evil, this G10 aide said. And you constantly just feel like you're in this gaslighting chamber of insanity.
2: Yeah. But it's
1: working. <sighs> Okay. <laughs> Here's my principal objection with this. I don't know who this person is. Anonymous staffer. I, I could, you know, yeah. F- first off, if you're going to do something like that, you probably should grow, grow some hair and, um, and put your name on the record like everybody else does. Um, that's thing one. Thing two is if everyone expects it to be a disaster, why'd you let your boss do it? Right? So number one is you're a lousy staffer. Thing number two is um, you're part of the problem. If the best you can do is complain that the Biden administration guys are mean, and they're mean to us, and they're effective, yeah. Look, if you don't like it, get better yeah, well, or, get, or get off the field and let somebody who wants to play, play. Um, it, is, it is a perfect summation. That that little quote there from the staffer, yeah, it's a perfect summation of what is wrong with Republicans in Washington. They don't want to play hard, and they get annoyed when somebody else plays hard. The
0: Stafford must have been a child. Uh, the, the, it, it, the you staffer, jo- one staffer, joked that they were so. Is it giddy or giddy? Giddy. Can it be either? No. It's it's giddy. Giddy. Okay. So giddy about the meeting that they had to be told to quote unquote calm down and play it cool. Uh, uh, by the next day, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer announced the outlines of a plan to pass the bill with just 50 votes. Quote, you do one meeting and 24 hours later, they prepare the reconciliation process, another G10 staffer right. complained. I, I, hold on, hold on. There's more. But hold wait. On. The administration roundly dismissed our effort as wholly inadequate to it in order to justify its go it alone strategy. I, I, we're just props and window dressing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what did you think you were going in, dummy? I, the the, I'm not sure which is worse, the the, just the absolute display of naivete and stupidity. Um, let's just hope it's naivete, not stupidity, or the cringing tone. Like somehow somebody owes you something in this game. I'm like. Yeah, I'm, I think. Uh, I, can you imagine? You're a former delay staffer. Can you imagine any delay staffer yeah. saying anything remotely no. like this? No. It it, it, it boggles the mind. a delay staffer be like? I think those guys are going to hose us. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to buy some tanks and go roll on down there and steamroller them. Since delay, since you brought up
0: delay, and since Boehner is in the news lately, uh, selling his book, Johnny. Uh, Totally and completely, in inca- Boehner was not capable of, of managing the Republican Party under under Obama. Now, he probably would have been just fine under Clinton.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, you know, Bob Michael was just fine because, under Clinton. Right? No, I mean because Clinton was largely like. I mean, he he he
0: he had his finger on the pulse of the of the people. Yeah, man. And he would never go go beyond where he thought he could go with them. And that in itself was a temperature check. Delay was at his prime during those years. Yeah, man. And then when when Bush got elected, he did all of Bush's bidding, which was basically the establishment wing of the party's bidding. Yeah, which always used to make him uncomfortable. To be honest, how could it not? And and then when he got yanked out of town mercilessly and sh- and and unjust unfairly, quite honestly, but Boehner comes back, he's the he's the leader. He's leading this Republican Party against Obama and he just was not he yeah, just man. did not have the same no skill no. set. No, that Tom Delay had to handle. That was the fight that should have. That was the fight that should have been. Ah,
1: oh, Tom Delay against Obama. That that's would have been a, a epic
0: clash. And I think this town would be very different right now. See, I think if you're that. were – where where? See, I think you're wrong.
1: I think you're wrong. I, I don't think it would have been an epic clash at all. That's a three wing. That's a that's a three round knockout. I mean, it, you know, if 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 the president made three rounds right tom put him on the canvas twice and the ref would have eventually called the fight so he was he was a long he was a long game chess player and and here and we he, are we've gone from that 20 years down the road we're we're getting we're getting cringing these these people are senate staffers United States senate staffers who are cringing in the press we are giddy and about how
0: and, and we're giddy, the cool down and then we were
1: disturbed, right and it was sad. And that whole that whole crowd needs to needs to butch it up a little bit. Oh um, man, it's just the way the world is. Sorry, it's true. It, we are not gonna. We, remember what I remember. Remember our, our working theory of this whole thing is is, it is it moments like these, bring forth people, they expose what people are made of, too. Well,
0: in, in the exposure department, um, here's another one I've got <laughs> for you. Holy
1: mackerel. Don't, um, don't 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 expose anything too much.
0: Exclusive Josh Siegel with the Washington Examiner. Yeah, man. Josh's a good guy. What do you write? I have exclusive... This is a tweet from uh, the 13th. Yeah. I have exclusive details from House Republican leadership on a three-day climate event It is holding next week to counter Biden's Earth Day Summit. Yeah. As many as 30 Republicans led by GOP leader Kevin McCarthy will hold a Zoom (laughs) from April 19th to 21st. That's going to be a hell of a long (laughs) Zoom, man. (laughs) Republicans from across ideological spectrum will participate in the forum, including members from the Conservative Freedom Caucus and Centrist Tuesday group which plans to promote 10 to 15
1: bills each of the three days. Uh, okay. That's going to be the most epically boring thing in the history of the world. How many times can you say we're going to plant some trees? Bob Michael. <laughs> Bob Michael. Uh, it, Bob Michael. He's calling
0: McCarthy from the grave. It, Here's the playbook. It's, it's Do what the Democrats do. Just a little less and a little more boring, (laughs) and you're gonna breeze through
1: (laughs) it. It, um, yeah. So this this harkens back to the Bob Michael days. It's so look. This is the natural conclusion of of a party that's incapable of drawing distinctions with its with its opponents, right? Uh, um, Minority Leader McCarthy is an excellent razor of funds. I'm not sure if he's excellent at um, this kind of warfare, right? And th- the funny thing is, and the great thing is, I'll bet your money right now that the counter-programming against it comes from uh, President Trump. I bet you he has something to say about uh, this, right? I'm
0: sure he'll send out one of his statements.
1: And, um, and he's not going to be in love with this idea, right? Because it, it's ridiculous. And And the thing is, we went through this when when we were on the inside, and the boss was like, "Are you are you kidding me? I'm not doing this stuff. What are you out of your well, mind?" Well, he signed on to the trillion trees, sure, because Jared really wanted him to. But he, even then, he was like, "Sure what the hell? We're planting trees. Who you know? Can who can it hurt? Right? Yeah. Um, it, it. I mean, honestly, this is all about um, the Salesforce guy, right, it, Mark uh, Benioff, uh,
0: whoever it is.
1: It's motivated by donors. Because in, well, in, in that Web is one, all that Kevin McCarthy is motivated by. Yeah, by this partic- by one particular donor, maybe others too, but definitely that guy. And, you know, I it's, – it's, it's, it's relatively harmless, but it's pointless and it might be harmful. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing which of the House Freedom Caucus guys they get to say what about this because I'm – the only thing I can imagine they're going to be in favor of is something that's, hey, let's do some more fracking somewhere. Um, it's it's – they would be better – they would spend their time better um, outlining how the Clean Future Act would outlaw hydraulic fracturing, would um, require all utilities to go into RTOs, would um, give EPA the ability to drop um, federal implementation plans on states that don't um, meet their carbon goals. You know All the kind of pathologies tucked in there, they'd be a lot better talking about that stuff. Distinctions, baby. Distinctions. Yeah, but they're not.
0: So we're going to talk about a trillion trees and, and more funding for,
1: for whatever. CCS. Yeah. I'm sorry. I forgot. That's definitely going to be in there, right? 45. What is it? C, I guess, is a tax credit. Um, yeah. Good for them. Good. I'm looking forward to a three-day Zoom. That's definitely, <laughs> that's definitely something I'm going to tune into. All right. Uh, I, I, want to meet the, I want to meet the person who thought this was a good idea. Can do a little science? Heck yeah should we do a little
0: science sure man okay let's start with my favorite thing covid oh yeah shall we sure. um all right i want to play a piece from the today show it's a little bit dated it's uh now uh and april 8th this aired but uh here is the clip ready calling a covid conundrum in states with the
3: strictest measures in the country like michigan pennsylvania and much of new england cases are on the rise While in the South, states like Arkansas and Texas that have reopened businesses and ripped away mask mandates are seeing their numbers drop. I'm announcing
2: today that uh, the statewide mask mandate will be lifted. People and businesses don't need the state telling them how to operate. So what
3: might explain the apparent contradiction? One theory, differences in testing rates. Alabama has experienced one of the biggest dips in reported infections, more than 50% in two weeks. But it's also dead last in the U.S. for COVID testing, only 56 tests per 100,000 people. That's a fraction of what you'll find in places like Vermont, Massachusetts, and New York, where numbers are surging. How much does lack of adequate testing have to do with the numbers that we're seeing right now? When you don't test, you're blind, and when you're not testing, you have a false sense of what the real problem is in your community yeah, thank but you for that theory, non-answer covid fatigue in michigan where people are just coming out of lockdown for the first time in months cases are up more than a hundred percent as demographics shift what's different in this wave is these are younger individuals between the ages of 30 and 60 the vast majority of which are not currently vaccinated or dying texas on the other hand began reopening its doors months ago and just jammed forty thousand people into the rangers ballpark Many without masks. Many. A lot of individuals in the southern part of the U.S., and especially here in Texas, have already been exposed to the coronavirus. So many individuals already have coronavirus antibodies. That leads us to the risky behavior we've seen in places like Miami Beach, Florida, where numbers have only increased slightly. And theory number three, that young people are acting as carriers. As doctors say, they're returning to other states, taking the virus with them. Wow. Those are the least likely to show up for testing. And when those younger individuals infect older individuals or more vulnerable individuals, that takes time. Bottom line, health experts say the following figures in the South might be giving a false sense of security. Mm. The medical experts' worry is emboldening those leaders who said this is a good idea to loosen restrictions. We worry about if there's a perfect storm brewing. If we remember, this virus always takes 10 to 14 to 21 days to develop. We might just be seeing
1: the early effects of that right now. Mm. Yeah, a lot of those southern states are also quite a bit warmer, too, so people are outside, might be a little bit safer. What about the variants? That's got to play a role here, too, Sam. A significant
3: role. Michigan, for example, Savannah, has a very high prevalence of the UK strain. That's also true of states like Minnesota. Both of them have seen cases skyrocket. But Savannah, there are outliers as well. In Florida, where I am, there are more documented cases of the UK strain here than any other state in the country by far. And yet so far, a 17% increase in the last two weeks. Very small compared to some of these other states. Savannah?
2: All right, Sam. Thank you. All right, Sam.
1: Okay, thanks. There's a whole thanks. There's Sam. so much to unpack with this. Yeah, let's not let. But let, let, I just
0: want to. I want to make two two overall yeah, points. The yeah. entire thrust of the uh, of the piece is like I don't understand why are why are the states that are doing all the right things suf- suffering, and the states that are reckless, what and, and like everyone is trying to justify or 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 exp- Explain, explain away yeah. the the fact that that it doesn't matter yeah, and... what Michigan does or what Florida does or Texas does. And... But they it doesn't fit the narrative. That's one. And two, God, they are so desperate for Donald Trump because this COVID thing cannot go away. The media oh, yeah. cannot have this thing fall yeah. into the second or third tier. Because this is this is they're driving all this these ratings with the scare tactics and yeah. everything else. I, I, and the third thing I want to say is why is it okay to call it the UK strain, but not okay to call it the, UK, the Wuhan or the China virus?
1: Shut up! Um, I said I, there I, was no, two, but there were actually right. okay, three. Okay, on that third one. But I got a lot more. They, that th- it maybe, goes on yeah, and on. No, but no, no, what's the point? You know, let me let me let me just say on the third thing. Shut up, and then um, and don't be a racist. And on the second thing. And the first thing right the one the one thing that that guy didn't say Sam, whoever Sam might be right um is the one most obvious thing if you're a if you're a statistician, and that's this um there doesn't seem to be any difference there isn't a difference right there's no there's no and it's
0: not even just here it's across the entire of
1: globe of course there doesn't seem to be any difference, and the thing is and this is i've said this for i've said this for almost a year now, right. We're not going to know for about five years, right? We're going to need this generation of political leaders to be elsewhere. And you know we're going to have a series of PhD um, dissertations done on this, on the effectiveness of lockdowns versus not lockdowns, right? And what we are going to find out is it doesn't really matter. And the reason why you can't say that now is because it's been an incredibly dislocating event, right? And for them to conclude, hey, um, we were wrong, it didn't matter. Would destroy what little confidence remains in the public health regime in well, this country. And
0: then you you look at what's happening in Michigan, right, where you have a governor who has been like uh, basically a tyrant who was basically like ordered by the legislature to loosen up, has loosened up. Cases are going up there, and sh- she and her and the president are desperately trying to like give each other cover for the fact that these cases are rising in the state in, in her state. And like, well, you should do this. Well, I need more vaccines, right? So it's the entire thing is just, is just laced with politics. Yeah, man. And everything that they're doing up here is, is in, in, the, in the guise of trying to relieve us from COVID or fix our economy as a result of COVID.
1: We're, like I said, we're five years away from rational thought on this. Um, and ration, when we get to rational thought... There's going to be a lot of questions, but the good news is by then we're Americans, so we have no sense of history. Um, five years from now, there will be some other thing we're worried about. But this thing is going to do – has done and will continue to do an enormous amount of damage to people's confidence in government. It's full stop, right?
0: I actually hope so because as you mentioned earlier, the Republicans and the conservatives aren't doing a good enough job making the case for uh, you know, the government – not being involved in our lives to the level that they are, so maybe maybe this will will be will, will fill that
1: gap. You know, the only thing that's worked here, the only thing that's worked here, has been the vaccines, and the only reason the vaccines have been have worked, it's the only part that the government hasn't really well, touched. The government, the government's funded it, but it really hasn't done partially, much.
0: Partially, but also the fact that a lot of people are actually have gotten it and have. Recovered from it, yeah. Right? yeah when you get, you
1: yeah, get yeah. There's that some of that, but but I mean, what, but I mean of on of the immunity. I mean on the on the I mean on the active health involvement side, the vaccines have worked, and Regeneron works, right? We have therapeutics that work. None of that stuff's really been touched by the government, right? It's it you know with the exception of throwing money well, at they, them. They've actually
0: gone out of their and, way to dissuade people from the therapeutics. Sure, sure.
1: So so you know so. You, you you think about this, the stuff the government's done has been bad. The stuff the private sector's done has been pretty helpful. And again, not on message, right? Not, not consistent with the narrative. All right. We're going to go down into the time machine.
0: Uh Uh-oh. And even though this particular elected, former elected official, now special envoy (laughs) has so much to offer in honor of the big Earth Day confab next week, uh, starring uh, John Kerry, I thought I'd pull this one from his days shortly before he left the Senate to serve under President Obama. Hold on here.
2: In five years, scientists predict we will have the first ice-free Arctic summer. That exposes more ocean to sunlight. Ocean is dark. It consumes more of the heat from the sunlight, which then accelerates the rate of, of, the, of the melting and warming rather than the ice sheet and the snow that used to reflect it back up into the atmosphere.
0: Thank you so much, John Kerry, for that lesson in atmospheric climate, greenhouse gas.
1: So did you see
0: his? (laughs) Did you see? By the way, in five years, his five years, that must have been about when did Kerry become Secretary of State?
1: 2013, so we're talking 2010, 2000, something like that.
0: 11, twelve yeah, yeah five two, years. Yeah, that would have been four or five years ago. Yeah, he, you
1: know, he he, ice free. The Arctic will be ice free. You probably missed his interview with the Wall Street Journal yesterday. I did. Yeah, so he gave three minutes on on camera, or at least the Journal gave us the three minutes of whatever he did on camera with Tim Puka, right? And I listened to the original source. I watched that interview, and it seemed to me that Kerry was saying, we are going to set climate aside and, and essentially talk about it in a separate channel than we talk about everything else involving the Chinese, right? Producer says that was for 2013. So 2013. There you go. Um, so you're not far off. Um, we're going to talk about it in a separate channel. We're not going to bring up rape, torture, murder, slavery, any of the other stuff that's going we're on gonna in China. We're going
0: to dual track this whole thing right. with China. Exactly.
1: Yeah. That's what I heard. The reporting on it was significantly more garbled. Right, uh, And at the end of it, it looked like the reporting sounded like that Kerry had not said that, that he said, hey, we're going to think about these things altogether. Um, I'm going to go back and read that thing again tonight, and that may be what my column is tomorrow, that, hey, man, um, if you have a choice between original source and stuff other people want to explain off the original source, go with the original source. That's thing one. Thing two is, if you really said they're going to bifurcate it, they're going to dual track it, that's horrible. That's awful. That's the worst thing I've ever heard. And and that's saying something, right? Because I've been around for more years than you. So are you saying it would be awful
0: because uh, things like, and, and shockingly, Bloomberg Green rep- did a report yes. on, uh, a couple of days ago on the um, polysilicon made in China's remote northwest. Yeah, man. Um, and y- the fact that quote no one really knows what's going on inside the facilities
1: yeah that, that, I don't
0: know how this made made the you know made the cut uh, it was I, it was damning I will put it in the show notes in the yeah, video I encourage everybody to read
1: Reporters, it. I encourage everybody to read it very it. Um, hard-hitting you know very about if I remember the if I remember some of the facts right about 75% of the polysilicon panels um, Originating more than
0: 80% of the total supply, yeah.
1: Originating Xinjiang, um, you know, the um, and that goes, you know, it's in a line, right? Cotton, tomatoes, um, garlic, garlic yes, thank I'm you. I'm stuck on the ground. I understand. Um, the thing that bothers me about it, and I don't mean to pick, right? Because the reporters are doing heroic work. Um, where you you starting to zero in on Xinjiang and that makes it too easy for the Chinese? Uh, communists, right? Yeah, they'll just clean it up and say, oh. you know, the reality. Right, the reality of it is, is they're engaged in in um, they're engaged in a in a jihad, if you'll pardon that expression, against organized religion on the mainland and in Hong Kong. They are threatening their regional neighbors, the Philippines and the Taiwanese, and the South and the Japanese, for that matter, in the South China Sea, and the Australians, for that matter, right? Um, and slave labor goes on in places other than Xinjiang in China, right? Um, there are other provinces where that happens. What I worry about is we're going to get down this funnel and the Chinese or communists are going to say, well, it just happened in this one place and we'll try to clean it up. It's not a one-off. It's not an aberration. It's a systematic thing, right? It's, system, it's systemic repression and oppression and torture and rape and murder and slavery. As the young people here in the States might say, it's systemic. No,
0: yeah, but we need to bifurcate those things because if we don't, if we don't work together on climate change… We won't have a planet where, where the Chinese communist government can do these atro- atrocities on. Okay, so, uh, so, you know. so,
1: so a new reporter, Sarah Schoenhardt, I think, at E&E, wrote, wrote a story, the headline of which didn't reflect the story. Actually, the story was very good, very well written, very um, in-depth. But the headline was, the United States asks China to do more even, even as it does less. Okay. there's nowhere in that story, by the way, does it justify that headline. Um so that's thing one on for for you and e fans out there. Kelsey Brugger, I'm talking to you. Um thing number two is inside the story, Sarah's really clear that the Chinese have actually done nothing. You know, that they that they all they committed to was make peak, you know, get peak emissions by twenty thirty and then come back to us with like, you know, whatever their next answer is. They're literally not only not doing anything, they're there. if you believe this – if you believe in climate change, they're exacerbating the problem.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and it, it's in the Paris Agreement that yeah, man. The, China has – China agreed to basically emit
1: indiscriminately for another 10 yeah, years. We agreed to keep going on, keep so, doing our thing. Until
0: they established their baseline in 2030, in which case then – And know, by the way – It will be through the roof. And,
1: and by the way, the important thing here is – well apart from what you just said, right, they didn't agree to establish a, a goal in 2030. What they agreed to do was consider a goal in 2030. Of course. Now, you and I both know what that means for the Chinese communists. We're not going to do a blessed thing. So you guys just keep yap, 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 yap yapping, and we're going to keep picking up comparative advantage as you drop the ball.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, now, I agree with <laughs> you that
0: it'd be too easy just to focus on Xinjiang region but i also think that it is really finally after years of talking about this
1: yeah man we're making some it's progress it's finally
0: starting to penetrate yeah agreed it's finally starting to come to to the surface agreed. and on all that republicans really have to do is every time this stuff comes up this renewable garbage comes up this the funding and the subsidies the mandates the yeah the net zero by xyzabc just tie it and say fine, yeah, I agree. Nothing should be produced anywhere with children where with horrible working conditions, certainly not with forced labor, yeah, slave labor yeah and 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 tie it to that and say until the, and it has to be proven.
1: yeah, two things about that, right Rubio, Senator Rubio and Senator Merkley, I want to say, have a have a bill that would essentially do that right? Um, it would restate our treaty obligations to not accept under the statute of Rome to not accept slavery, right? Um, which is kind of sad that we have to have legislation on that. Um, that's thing. one thing too is I want to commend the Biden administration, right? They have been um, pretty right on this so far, which is why what Secretary Kerry, Envoy, Envoy Kerry, sorry, um, Special Envoy Kerry said was so odd, right? And maybe he was just his relationship with the English language is not particularly good, right? Oh, so
0: the other problem um, is you have a former Secretary of State who has yeah,
1: Who's a former senator too, right? Uh,
0: a d de- uh, is a detailee yeah from the Secretary he has siphoned like I, I talked to a, another former Secretary of State. He's like the guy is like like
1: this rogue dude sure, just sure. running around like sure. sucking up all these all resources sure.
0: from the sec- from the department. And,
1: and so anyway, I want to. Commend the Biden administration because they have been very clear-eyed about clear-eyed about this, um, and that's very very good. Um, and I'd like to recommend to Minority Leader McCarthy and Brad Westerman. Maybe this should be part of their climate. Correct. Zoom. This should be part of their climate zoom. Maybe you should lead off with it as part of your climate zoom that we're not going to do anything that would give a comparative advantage to our adversaries in the world, primarily among them. the the communists in China. But you and me should probably get a side bet. I bet you 50 bucks they go three days without even mentioning China. Unless maybe that's what the Freedom Caucus guys are there for. I hope so.
0: I think if if any of them are listening, uh, there's a good talking point for you. Okay, more in science news. Uh, Scientific American. I didn't realize this was going to be a quiz. Oh, climate emergency, yeah. Has agreed with major news outlets worldwide to start using the term climate emergency in its coverage of climate change, read our statement about this decision and the impact we hope it will have throughout the media landscape. Uh, I think that the impact, the immediate impact that it has, of course, is that it further erodes the credibility of Scientific American. <laughs> just, you know, what?
1: I don't. I...
0: <laughs> why, why do you have to announce that? I, I It's don't... like. It's like the okay, this is the only issue I'm aware of. You tell me if I'm wrong, where the left has pumped millions of dollars into into public private universities to set up centers for climate change communication. Yeah, man. For how to talk about
1: sure. this public policy issue. Sure. Yeah. We've said this before. If this was really an existential threat, like the president keeps saying and his friends keep saying. An existential threat, like the planet, right? Like the human beings, like we could all die. Um, you probably wouldn't need a lot of communications about it, right? You could just get up and say, hey, man, we're going to have to take away your cars because this is an existential threat. Um, you know, whenever you hear propaganda like it's a climate emergency, um, you have a pretty good sense that it's, most people don't think of it as a climate emergency. Um, I, I, I I can't tell if I'm supposed to think this is a sign that that the forces of rationality are winning or that the forces of, of um, craziness are winning. Um, but it, it strikes me as bad when you have to put out a press release that says, we're going to talk about it like a climate emergency, whether it is or not, and we're just going to keep talking about it that way. And here's why. And here's why, because it's really important. And I, I, public health, scientific American, I'm not sure these scientists get that... You know, when you start playing this game, this political game, um, everybody gets muddy eventually. You you never yeah. you know you guys are showing up at this thing in your white in your white lab coats. I think
0: the corporate uh, yeah man, corporate guys are the C suite is, is going to regret hiring all these millennials to run their sustainability <laughs> departments because it is going to you. When does it end? We again go a couple episodes ago, maybe last one. Biden's going to have to ban the United States from participating in the Olympics.
1: Yeah, man, he's going to no have choice. to. He's got no choice. He's 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 now he's now And these companies, himself, they're, they're just yeah. now
0: they're going to have to in, immerse themselves in every yeah, single thing. The Republicans aren't playing this right. They're they're saying things like maybe the NCAA should get out of politics. No, they shouldn't. No, feel free. They they, they have just as much a right to get into politics sure, as everybody else does. What the Republicans should do is hold them to the same standards that they would like our government sure. to hold. Yes, yeah, so and and it, and instead of complaining about it, say fine, okay. Now you have to do the same thing. Or when corporate people talk about wanting forcing other, you know, uh, wanting when the banks talk about corporations having to disclose this and disclose that, fine. You banks should also be disclosing. The profit taking that you're making off of the things that you're yeah, proposing.
1: It, it's it's um it's Saul Alinsky's rule for radical right hold people to their own standards. just put it and, right and, and, back and, in and, them and on you, them. So you know, back when I was playing, back when I was playing football, what always struck me about muddy practices, especially not so much muddy they games. They were actually a lot of fun. <laughs> they were fine because you never you never it was hard to get hurt, right? Yeah. Hard for anybody to get enough leverage to really hurt you.
0: And I had a coach who was a ball buster. But, he loved
1: those. But practices. what what struck me was. Um, the mud would get everywhere, not just on your unis, not just on your, in your shoes, but it was pretty commonplace for the oh, mud yeah. to get in your cup, right? And, and you just you were muddy every square inch of your body after one of those things was over, right? All these corporations, all these science guys, what they don't understand about politics is you come home muddy. Even even in your cup, right? You just everything's muddy, and you never get those unis clean again. You just never do, right? What
0: they're so. not what they what they're not going what they're not adhering to is that Republicans and Democrats, conservatives and liberals, crazy right wing, left wingers, crazy right wingers. They all wear things, buy things. Yeah, man. You know, they all they all <laughs> there are services that they all want. Right, and now we're going to go down this road where you, I'm going to drink Pepsi, and it's you're good. going to drink Coke because Coke is woke.
1: It's crazy, is what. It so is. You, well, know, to, you know,
0: you know, fine, let them do it.
1: I, I, I get it. I'm with you. I don't understand why anybody would want to do this, right? Especially if you think about it. Especially Coke, right? Who, you know, Coke's experienced this before during the Vietnam War, right? Where people didn't drink Coke because they supported the war. I used to kid around with my kids, right? Whenever. You know, I'd order, I'd order Coke, that, you know, I said, despite the fact that they supported the war, my kids would be like, what the hell are you talking about? Coke has, a, Coke has corporate history on this. Um, all these other guys are going to learn this thing in the next year or so that they wish they hadn't raised their hands on it. Anyway, what else we have? They have,
0: uh, there's another thing, two, three hundred something companies that you yeah, know, man. urged Biden to do some bold work on climate change. It's like, that. if you're going to do it, what does the government need to do? What is the if, if if here's my attitude with the market and if if the public wants it and corporations want it go that's ahead. that's the most efficient way to achieve these goals. What is the government going to well, do for these companies beyond well, what they
1: already pledged to do? Well, you know GM, I mean GM after saying, "Hey, we're going to go all electric in 2035," I think. The, you know, when, you pointed out right away that hey, great, super, you know, no tax credits for you, right? You don't get yeah. Of course, right away, G- GM turned around and immediately started the lobby for an expanded tax credit. Right, immediately. Oh, and I also hired uh,
0: almost half the entire town to do it.
1: Yeah, man. Um, we have a couple of listeners from the GM staff here in DC, so we'll never admit it. We'll we'll never use their names in public either. Um, but you guys know who you are and <laughs> you know you 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 keep doing the lord's work inside the inside the regime anyway all
0: right uh one more in the in the oh no <laughs> there's one more one more in the science section Yay. of the unregulated podcast them. Versus yeah. Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah, that cracks me up, man. <laughs> Neil deGrasse, how do you say that? I guess it's deGrasse. I Neil don't know. Neil deGrasse Tyson, who you know is, I mean, the, if, if is the voice of
1: science. Well, if he is, he probably should pronounce his name like the French would, right? DeGras. But so I'm sure. So, that, I'm sure that's what it's supposed so, to be. DeGras he sent out a random
0: tweet. The good thing about science is that it's true. Yeah.
1: Whether or not you believe in it, I. Don't even – that – I got to be honest with you. I'm on the stake'em guy's side. I don't understand what the hell that even means.
0: Uh, you ready for Stakem? Stakem! Sure. Stakem's response. By the way, another another kid who's, like, managing their corporate account. I hope but, so, yeah. Log off, bro. Log off, bro. <laughs> it was classic. And then everyone is like, how dare Stakem Yeah. challenge Neil – the grassy tight Yeah,
1: you know Stakem also got into it and said hey look science is a process that ultimately leads you to something that we think is the truth you know through hypothesis and experiment <laughs> it was and great. it was just it's it was beautiful
0: Stakem is just destroying this guy it's fantastic i i i'll read i'll read specifically yeah, the response yeah. the irony of neil's tweet is that by framing science itself as true he's influencing people to be more skeptical of it in a time of unprecedented misinformation, science is an ever-refining process to find truth, not a dogma, no matter his intent. Message, not helpful.
1: Yeah, I, I, I um, you're not really allowed to do that, so I <laughs> this dug This is it. great. Yeah, it's just a it, lot it, of fun. It,
0: I love, I love, the, whoever the Stakem guy
1: is, I want you to be a guest on our show. Yeah, man, let's put a call out to him right away. It, it. You know the great thing is they're right, they, and they weren't hostile. No, they weren't. They weren't hostile, but they were right, or he was right, or she was right. Whoever it is was right. It was really fun. All right, that wraps up my science. Thank goodness.
0: Segment I, I of the passed. unregulated podcast. Yeah. So I turn it over to you.
1: What do you got on your list? I got uh, just a couple of things. Right. Infrastructure. We have a. We have we we have a, we have an ongoing conversation about what infrastructure is and isn't, and that's a completely okay. I know
0: where you're going to go with this. Where
1: am I going to go with it? But can I
0: set it up anyway? Sure. Why
1: is that all right. Yeah, sure. Okay. Oh, you've got a thing.
0: I got a little clip. Oh, great, great, great. I, you, know, I, you know, I come prepared. Infrastructure, right? I, I ladies a and gentlemen. i time on this. So, Tom Pyle. so, what is infrastructure? You, you say, in addition to roads and bridges, you heard Chris Christie there saying that the president is not being fully truthful about what, what infrastructure actually
3: is.
2: Yeah, this, I mean, the what is infrastructure? Historically, it's been what makes the economy move? What is it that we all need to ensure that we as citizens are productive? So we need roads, we need bridges, we need transmission, you need lights in people's homes and offices. You need to make sure that people can actually go to work if they have an aging parent or a child. This is, you know, as the president said this week, that infrastructure evolves to meet the American people's aspirations. And it's not static in
0: of course, it's not static. Yeah. Because infrastructure evolves to meet the aspirations and desires of the administration yeah. that's pushing
1: the agenda and
0: well, calling it infrastructure. But that's not your beef.
1: No, my beef is, well, I have two beefs, right? One is, and by well, the way, that was
0: our beloved, that was our Jennifer,
1: Secretary, that Granholm. Was Secretary Granholm. Yeah. Um. Secretary Granholm, great and wonderful state of Michigan. My mom's from there. Uh, my uncles are from there. My grandmother is buried there. I'm I'm grateful that Michigan sent us or Canada sent us <laughs> <a> Secretary <laughs> set, of Grant home. Set
0: your Michigan's finest. <laughs> Michigan's finest. Michigan is finest Canadian import.
1: You know, I, I used to think John Dingell was was the ultimate, but no, apparently not. Um, in infrastructure is also in, 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 I- <clears throat> ions. Okay, so so yeah, sorry, so. What President Biden has done is um, substituted for infrastructure basically everything the government can provide. That hasn't already been provided. That hasn't. Well, actually, some of it's already been provided. It's just he's providing more of this going on, right? So and I'm perfectly comfortable with that. I think it's pointless to argue about it. You know, we know from like years and years and years spent in focus groups and watching surveys that the American people don't care about this kind of thing. This is exactly the kind of Washington conversation they couldn't care less about what they do care about is doesn't make sense, right? Americans are ultimately practical. Doesn't make any sense. And you know, I wish the Republicans would stop talking about definitions, right? Because it, literally no one cares about them. But what the public would care about is at a score of 2.665 trillion, right? Which when you throw the 400 trillion 400 billion dollars of energy tax credits in, that's what the eight-year score on this bad boy is, 2.665, right? And how many jobs are we anticipated we're going to add? 2.6 million. Now my math is shaky, but it's not that shaky, right? That's a million dollars a job. So the number has gone up, not down. The number's gone up, yeah, and and, and as, as, Myron, Revised upward. as Myron Ebo points out, it assumes that you believe that job number out of Moody's Analytics. And given that Mark Zandi was in the middle of it, who's a pro-government guy. I'm skeptical about the jobs number, but let's just take it at a million bucks per. Um, that's a lot, even for DC, right? And that's something voters would resonate would resonate with voters. The other thing that um, is relevant, right, inside of it, about more than half of that spending is on climate and climate type items, right? And that comes out of the Center for Strategic International Studies, right? That's their assessment, not mine, 56% of that number. When you boil it right on down, it means about $1,400 per household per year is getting spent on climate. Now, you and I have done surveys over the years, and um, median numbers look more like 20, 25, 50 bucks, right? So, you know, both of those numbers probably need to be embedded in um, Republican talking points, right? That a million dollars a job, $1,500, $1,400 Fifteen hundred bucks, fourteen hundred bucks per year on climate change, um, and then the last thing that's relevant, right? You think about what what infrastructure actually is, not what the Biden administration wants it to be, right? Roads, bridges, even if you throw broadband in there, right? Um, about six percent of that um, typically comes from government spending; the rest of it comes from private spending. Um, what what this really is is an exchange. Um, you know the the it's it's a takeover of of the infrastructure, um, se- sector by the government, right? And and again, if you had if I could only give three numbers to everybody who gets on TV or whatever, it would be a million, fourteen hundred, and six percent, because those, to my mind, are the relevant ones.
0: Yeah, I want to touch on this uh, in a, from a couple instances and then shift to one specific provision in the package. So so what they've done that is much more strategic and clever, um, but of course they didn't have the same crisis that Obama has, is they've gone back to the old way, as you've mentioned to me, of taxing and spending. Right? It's just so much easier for Democrats to tax and spend than it is to pass legislation. Yeah, man. Now, Obama got two out of three. He made a down payment, at least, on one. The one he got was a federal takeover of colleges. Yeah, by yeah. transferring the the risk and the liability to the federal government for sure. student loan programs. Sure. That was the first one. That was straight up. Yeah. Second was a down. Obamacare was a down payment on takeover.
1: Mm-hmm. System. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: The third thing he didn't get was control of the energy system because we killed cap and trade in 2009, 2010. And he couldn't get.
1: Is now, he couldn't get. Is now when I can talk about how we're better than those healthcare weenies.
0: And he couldn't. You can. And he couldn't get. Um cap and trade, I mean, he couldn't get uh, clean the creating poverty plan or the clean power plan through regulation.
1: couldn't get any of that stuff yeah, so he was
0: a, he he blanked on that stuff yeah, zero yeah basically you know, with, after all of that, the only thing he was really successful in doing is making it marginally more difficult to produce on federal lands yep these guys are going at it from a different direction and they're and they're doing a much better job. By by just flooding flooding the system with cash, yeah. And so, what is round two? This four hundred billion for home based care.
1: Yeah, man, biggest single biggest item in the in the this package. is
0: this is a uh, this is a second tranche at taking over the healthcare system, yeah, and it also happens to reward unions. Yep, because most of that industry is unionized. It uh,
1: specifically requires prevailing wage.
0: That's right. And Amen. lastly, what a great way to help organize and mobilize get-out-the-vote efforts.
1: Sure, man. So
0: this is not infrastructure. I don't care what Senator no, Gillibrand of course said isn't. about it. I don't care what Secretary Granholm says. Home care, $400 billion for home care workers, is not infrastructure.
1: Of course it is, and everybody it's knows that. It's a
0: flat-out attempt to, to continue to take over the health care industry reward the unions, and help with their, with their get-out-the-vote efforts. Okay, see, now. That, that's just me. If I were a conspiracy theorist, no, 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 that's no. what
1: I would think that this program I, I, would partially be achieving. I'm perfectly, happy to, I, I'm perfectly happy to have it explained that way. What I worry about is all of our really smart kids in pajamas are busy explaining that it's not infrastructure because it doesn't. Like, that's the conversation no one cares about. But if you say, look, come on, guys. Come on, this is an infrastructure. You know, is it infrastructure? What it is 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 organized government takeover of a sector. Okay. That's a completely legit argument. It's just the is it infrastructure, is it not infrastructure? That's a pointless part of the conversation. But your point about, hey man, here's what it is and here's how it fits into the bigger picture, that's money.
0: All right. Uh
1: that was one. Did you have another one?
0: More on the infrastructure plan. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, editorial in the Washington Times. Oh boy, here we go. Written by uh, a, a a brilliant, a brilliant writer, a brilliant, uh, a brilliant, analyst,
1: a brilliant young analyst
0: at the Times. <laughs> the hidden energy tax Biden punishes the ordinary people that he claims to care about. If I were to get the uh, author of that on the podcast, what would he what would he say about this? Summarize it for us.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's the. Um... It's the fourteen hundred dollars um, for climate change that's embedded in the in the package, right? Um, and Biden starts off the comment. He started off his pitch on this by saying, he, on tax increases. Now the tax increase part of it. That he didn't want to punish anyone. You know, he just he got tired of he got tired. You know, it's because he's a middle class guy. He got tired of having Grant his, and Joe having his neighbors fleeced. Okay, you want to talk about fleecing somebody, making them pay fourteen hundred bucks for climate change, then they might want to pay fifty or a hundred, that's fleecing them, right? You know, we've done a bunch of surveys over the years and you know, your average, your median number is always fifty bucks. Or sometimes it's twenty bucks, but it's never fourteen hundred bucks. Never is it fourteen hundred bucks. And if I if I, I could pick out any hundred Americans and say, Hey, how much would you be willing to pay this year? I might get a couple hundred dollars, I might get even a thousand, but most of what I get is zeros or 10 bucks. So he's fleecing the people he doesn't want to fleece. He's punishing the people he doesn't intend to punish. And I'm going to assume that's accidental and not purposeful, Um, but I think we all have a suspicion as to whether it's purposeful or not. Um, And what I'm concerned about with the Republicans is, is that, back to the thematic of today, um, we are going to spend an enormous amount of time trying to be democratic light instead of drawing distinctions, and that's you know that's a recipe for disaster. I guarantee you. I guarantee you that if we went to Minority Leader McCarthy right this minute and said, "Hey, here's three numbers for you on your Zoom call," wouldn't change a thing, because they're talking to talk about trees. Right. And they're gonna talk about carbon capture. Three, and sequestration. three numbers. We
0: had, we had three numbers from the Spanish Green Job Study seem to work
1: pretty well. Right, exactly. And that's the thing about it, right? Make it simple, make it something that Americans can understand. It's costing you a million bucks a job. Let's get back to basics here. Yeah, man.
0: Politicians. All right, let's do this. Uh wrap up let's wrap up infrastructure. <laughs> for all you lobbyists out there who are listening who need to uh, sound cl- smart and clever with your clients. <laughs> you probably should be on a different podcast. Game this out for us. Uh, we've talked about timing and kind of how this is going to wrap up. Uh, this is free advice from uh, from Mike and also further proof that I did read his memo.
1: Good for you. Good for you. Everybody should read my memo, even people who didn't get it. Um, did I tell you about the time Lisa Murkowski got one of my memos? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Chances are there was something in there that you said about her because it's in almost every one that I've read. <laughs>
1: uh, uh, we're going to reconciliation on this, right? All those policy provisions are going to drop out and we are going to wind up with a taxing and spending package, the size of which is only limited by the um, appetite of the most conservative Democrat, right? Whoever that's going to be. I think it's going to be Senator Cinema from – Arizona. But it could also be Mark Warner from Virginia. And of course, Joe Manchin will be like the third or fourth guy in that fight, right? Um, so I think we're going to wind up with a smaller package, figure $2 trillion on the spending side, and maybe only $750 billion on the taxing side. The great thing about it is, though, we're literally going to spend the next four months talking about tax increases. Even, Even in their late stage of decay, the Republican Party should be able to figure out how to make some hay off of that. Yes. Y- even I think even you're at right. this point in the game.
0: So um, you brought up tax increases. In your article, you pointed out there was uh, the corporate income tax is, is on the table. Uh, Manchin wants it to be, what, 25? 25, but right? Right. But now, was uh,
1: 21. Manchin so wants it to be 28,
0: 25. You got the, uh, the uh, international leveling of the playing field the, minimum. Yeah.
1: So the interesting. Global tax. Yeah, the Senate finance Democrats. Um, uh, uh, Senator Wyden and Senator Warner, and I think Senator Coons. Maybe I don't know the 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 third. I can't remember who the third guy is. But but they put out a they put out something last week that said, yeah, here's all the stuff we'd like to do on the international side. And it was a lot more aggressive than the administration. And I'm thinking to myself. Now we are actually talking about a tax package, right? When you know when the senators get in the middle of this, right? Rule number one of taxes: not partisan. It's geography. Defending your home turf, right? Um yeah, Joe Manchin's gonna get bought off with a okay, we'll go to twenty-six percent for you, Joe, or you know, twenty-six and a half. We'll split the difference. Well,
0: there's there but, is but, one
1: but Senate finance is not gonna be split, right? They're gonna want what they want.
0: There is one organization that is opposed to very supportive of the bill of the of the package, yeah, but has a problem with the pay for. Oh, oh, uh, uh, uh it chamber, right? Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So, they came out again, glowing support for for President Biden. President Biden, and we got a little problem with that. Pay for. We would rather see like maybe a vehicle miles tax, or a gas tax, or why not both? Yeah. So the the chamber would love all all the spending plus give let Biden have all his pet projects. And they would much prefer that Granny pay for it.
1: You know, um, uh, I President Trump, President Trump has has um, just in his in his short time. Has done an enormous amount of damage to a bunch of different institutions, both in Washington and across the planet. And I can't. And you think... don't mean that
0: negatively, do you? Uh,
1: there are some institutions that need to be damaged. <laughs> That's right? Why I was. Um, That's why. And I and and probably the institution he did the most damage to was the United States Chamber of Commerce. Um, they 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 have gone bananas. And insane, and they never seem to Today. Uh, come back. I mean, Today
0: it, on Tax Day, April 15th, National Journal, which yeah. is still around. I
1: didn't know that. There used, to, there used to be somebody.
0: Chamber of Commerce getting squeezed on all sides. Oh, this is the Josh Kroshauer story. Yes, yeah, it is Josh's piece. The business lobby h- hoped to build new alliances when <laughs> it endorsed more than two dozen Democrats in last year's election.
1: Yeah. Instead – it's getting the cold shoulder from everyone. Yeah, it's good. I'm glad you mentioned that because there are 23 of those guys that they endorsed. I think they endorsed 28. 23 of them mm-hmm. won. House Democrats, right? Um, voted against them on the uh, PRO Act. Going to vote against them on uh, – I think they voted against my one going to vote against them on this corporate tax thing. I'd like to um, get some money off that. I'd like to make a, make some money on that. I'm taking bets, and I'm going to set the top number. Um I'm going to bet all 23 of them are going to vote against the chamber on this corporate tax rate thing when it hits the floor, um, and I'll take any betting action anybody wants to come at me with less than 23 no, with less than 23 of those. So if you want to bet only 21 of them, come on. Maybe I'll give you hundred per, and if I get 23, I'll get like you know give you three to one odds because I'm that sure of it. Those 23 are going to just blow up the chamber at a certain point, and it's a terrible thing to say. But at a certain point, senior leadership in that chamber going to have to think about who's going to get fired, who's going to quit, because this thing was a terrible mistake.
0: I will, I will, not, I will spare our listeners uh, any more about the chamber, but I will put the article in the notes because I do think it's uh, worthwhile. Worthwhile to, to take a gander at. All right, I want to um, want to bring up a um, recent uh, announcement from a company in Pennsylvania called CNX. Yeah, man. Uh, their CEO Nick Deulius, yay, who um, announced that CNX is providing 30 million dollars to local community uh, communities to quote broaden path to middle class. Uh, I want to read a, a quote from Nick. Um, I think it's I think it's great. Uh, While everyone is talking about sustainability and environmental, social, and governments these days, too few are delivering tangible and measurable results. We are on a mission to change the trajectory of our region and to improve the lives of our neighbors and communities left behind by a system focused on talk and abstract concepts rather than real outcomes. This commitment is not about words. It's about the people who make Western Pennsylvania and the broader Appalachian region such a special place to live, work, and raise a family. Uh, these are not handouts. They are investments that provide returns for our local communities and our ownership for years to come. This is what sustainability and ESG mean to CNX. Hats off to Nick. Yeah man. Um I've been following him on Twitter if you if you uh, don't you should. Um uh, he is uh, an example of of someone in the corporate community who I think you one should aspire to yeah, uh, at this point.
1: Yeah, cares about his cares about his people, his customers, and um and his community, right? And that's I'm not sure what else you're supposed to ask for. And doesn't stand around asking the government to do stuff, just gets up and does it himself. Um it it's we need to build that um that gas liquids um facility, that storage facility somewhere in that region, and it'll take off. He knows that. Um it it's I hate to say this because it sounds familiar. Bottom line is. Uh, energy is a force for good. Absolutely, energy is totally a force for good. that, so. yeah, man. And, and you know, what? he's not afraid of saying it. Unlike a lot of CEOs, who almost seem to be embarrassed to provide one of the two essentials of modern life.
0: So, anyway, hats off to you and and to the community there. And uh, I wish uh, CNX all the success in the world. Yeah, man. All right, I'm I'm almost spent. I got a. I'm saving. I'm saving a little tribute at the end. Okay, uh,
1: I only got two things. I only get two so two two I'm short it over things. to Huma, man. Okay, number 1 Democratic pollsters got together this week and issued yet another report about how they were wrong in 2020. Um this is this follows a report on how they were wrong in 2016 and how they were um not right in 2018 either. Um and they probably won't be right in 2022. And the funny thing is is, you know, at all three of them, we have to do better. Um saying we have to do better is not an actual substitute for doing better for all you kids out there. Um you need to do better. The tricky part is, is that pollsters of all kinds, but especially Democratic pollsters, read the papers too much. They they pay too much attention to what the New York Times says instead of what their you know, actual the, numbers say. A,
0: what do you call that when, when one thing sort of fulfills the other thing and they just – Bias. Uh, they just keep feeding each other's bias, right? Yeah, yeah you have you – have, And meanwhile,
1: we're just all a bunch of crazy people out there. Right. Um, and And – In no way is this material, but I know a person who was right in 2016 and a person who was right in 2020 and 2018 and will be right in 2022 when it comes to it. The tricky thing about this business, trust the numbers. Don't pay attention to what your news articles are telling you to think. I I know some of these guys, these Democratic pollsters, after your second or third time of saying you need to do better. Um, the, the, the next time up, maybe, maybe the correct answer is, I need to get a new job because well, I'm not good I, at this I actually
0: kind of hope they keep doing what they're doing because
1: it's, it's good for the country when
0: they're, when they're, it, when they're wrong,
1: quite it, honestly. It's, it's skated by, right, because the New York Times and Washington Post had no interest at all in, in alerting anybody to the fact that they themselves are responsible for – partly responsible for skewing their own polling results. There are – Pathologies associated with having the media on your side. This is one of them. Anyway, that's it. Um, one other um, thing, real quick, um, for our thousands of listeners um, Monday, April 19th, is Mr. Pyle's birthday. You would, Easy do, well, kid. You would do well to send him <laughs> presents, gifts, and well wishes. I already
0: got a gift that will be difficult to beat. So <laughs> I appreciate that, sir. Anyway. And, and Steve, thank you, sir. Happy birthday. Thanks, brother. Appreciate you. All right. Um an, an individual who uh will no longer be having a birthday, but had a lot of birthdays. Oh. His Royal Highness Prince Philip, Duke of Edinburgh, uh passed away. And
1: uh uh wearing. are you
0: are. Oh, that's great.
1: I'm wearing my I'm wearing my uh my uh What the hell are those guys? The Beefeaters. The The Beefeaters. Yeah. He's got his Beefeater socks on.
0: Anyway, I I don't speak as eloquently as this individual, uh, and I happen to really enjoy his books. So I thought I would let Matt Ridley take us to the other side. Sure, Matt. All right, here we go.
2: My lords, it is a peculiar honor to have a chance to pay a tribute to a great man uh, in this house today. His was a historic life. History will record that the 99 and 10, 12th years that he spent on the planet were ones of spectacular improvement in the lot of humankind. He was not, of course, responsible for that change, but his life brilliantly illustrates how an individual can help to bring about such improvements. The very informality of his role was a great hurdle, but he turned it into a great opportunity. He rose to the challenge of being a great leader, no easy feat, and in doing so challenged others to achieve great things. To come as a refugee from a broken family fractured by assassination, exile, and mental illness, and to create a golden family of his own through a love match that lasted nearly three quarters of a century was remarkable enough. But to do so while helping to steer the monarchy to its modern relevance and respect, to do so while nudging and cajoling so many institutions and organizations in his adopted nation into their modern shape. To do all this for 73 years and never put a foot wrong, never fail to bring a smile to the faces of an audience, never leave a meeting without learning something useful. It is a record that no mere politician, businessman, bishop, judge, or general can hope to match in our ephemeral careers. It is his work that will endure For work it was, however much fun he had doing it, visiting every corner of the country and every possible community, listening, learning, advising, steering, rewarding, helping ordinary people. The stuff that just gets left out of the fictionalised television series almost entirely. But that is the real reason the monarchy is so loved. The vast majority of people who met him did so because he visited their projects and workplaces.
1: That's 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 a hell of a thing to say about somebody. Yep. That's a that's a nice tribute. Indeed.
0: All right, well that's a wrap everybody. Until we meet again, this is Tom and Mike signing off. Peace out. <laughs>